to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 88, Continuous Effort. Wow, what does continuous effort have to do with grief and loss and rebuilding and purpose and joy? That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to make one little correction. Last week, I announced that the book was available on the 13th of July, but it's the 14th, one day difference. And the pre-orders are available on Amazon. And I have to say, when I got the edited copy back from my editor, I and I reread the manuscript, I was so surprised because I hadn't read it for, it had been at least a month, probably closer to two months, maybe a month and a half since I had read it, since I'd written it and then gone through my series of reviews and edits and reworking and so forth. And when I reread it after having that space of time, I was really astonished by what I wrote because Up until now, I've never really considered myself a writer, which I don't like to say because I do, I do believe we have to step into whatever we're stepping into. I've told this story before about learning to paint and doing some painting and selling a little bit of my painting and so forth. And, and, and stepping into that, I am an artist because I am. I create art. That's an artist. I am a writer. I am an author because I write and I create written manuscripts and books. Anyway, I did, I was in that place where I was feeling a little insecure during the process. But as I read what I wrote, I was just so surprised because I could see where inspiration had led me, where, where God had led me to write what I, what I wrote. Um, you may, that may look different for you. That might be your higher power or your inner strength or whatever you call that. But for me, that's, that's God. That's my heavenly father who helps me and assists me in the work that I do, in the work that I do with you and the, in the writing that I did of the book. And so I really could see how inspiration had led me all along the way in writing that. And I was super pleased. So Get your pre-ordered copy now because you can go to Amazon and just look up Miracles in the Darkness or you can look it up by my name, Julie Clough, and you'll find the book and you can pre-order and they don't even charge you until it actually ships, which will be the July 14th. So that's the cool part. We also have a workshop coming up. The virtual workshop is coming up July 9th and these workshops are just amazing. They're just fantastic. I love doing them. I love sharing with you guys. And this this next month, we're going to be talking about our brain and how our brain is affected by grief and how we can work with the changes that happen in our brain and our emotions to help us, to lead us to healing. And so that's what we're going to be talking about on July 9th. And I'm like I said, super excited to be there with you and hope that you will get registered today. We do have the the sale going on right now, the early bird special going on right now. So you can get that workshop for only $7. You guys, come on, get in there. 
<laughs> get registered. If you can't make it live, we send you the replay. So you get to watch it after the fact. And even if you, even if you're there live, you can watch the replay, which is, is fun to be able to go back and rewatch the things that meant some, you know, meant particularly like you wanted to capture a little more or you wanted to hear again. So that's happening on July 9th. So be sure and register for that and get that 70% off discount, guys. <laughs> the discount code is in the uh, show notes, which I believe, I'm going to look it up real quick, make sure I can give it to you correctly. I think that code is special7. That's the code. So the link is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash B-L-A-L capital J-U-L-Y. That's B-L-A-L July. All right. I also right now, and I'm in the middle of doing a five-part Facebook Live series, which I've done Facebook Lives before, but I was trying something a little different. This is the first one I did on Monday where I started talking about the about the five phases of emotional healing, somehow the video ended up going up sideways. So you'll, if you go in there and watch it, you'll want to either just listen to it because you can just listen to it and get the information that way. Or you can, you can put your phone so that it doesn't rotate. So you can lock the rotation feature on your phone and then you can turn your phone to watch me the right direction. <laughs> but anyway, I'm right in the middle of that. By the time you hear this, we will have had the third installment, but that's happening at 9 a.m. every morning uh, this week. And let's talk about effort. Let's talk about effort. Let's talk about where you are right now. It is so, so easy. In fact, I think it's just part of the grief process to feel discouraged, to feel desperate to feel like there's no way out, that you're in a cage, you're in a jail, the bars are too heavy, the door is chained, and there's no way out. And it's super, super easy to feel that way. And and when we feel that way, it's easily for it's easy for that to lead to despair. And so what do we do about it? What do we do about it? And I, I hope that listening to the podcast each week listening to the guests we have on, listening to the, to the tools and the inspiration and the, and the hope that we, that we try to share here with you each week, that that helps you to feel encouraged, that helps you to feel that hope. In fact, I wanted to share something with you that I thought was so good. And it really speaks to the idea of hope. And that is this, I, I want to read this to you. Uh, it's talking about, this is hope in a, this is a description of hope in a Bible dictionary. So it is a religious text and a religious um, context here. But it says, when we say hope, so the word hope, this is what it says. The word hope is sometimes misunderstood. In our everyday language, the word often has a hint of uncertainty. For example, we say, we may say that we hope for a change in the weather or a visit from a friend. In the language of the gospel, however, the word hope is sure, unwavering, and active. 
The word hope is sure, unwavering, and active. That is the definition of hope that I want you to hold on to. The hope is sure. It's unwavering. It's active. It leads us to act activity. It leads us to effort, which is what we're talking about today. Because I talk about there are three prerequisites to doing the work of feeling better, of doing the work of grief that leads to healing. And the first one is a desire, a desire to feel better, a desire to heal. And the second is a hope, that unwavering, unshakable knowledge that healing is available to us. So that's number two. And the third is effort. We've got to put forth some effort. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you want to learn more about these prerequisites, number one, desire. In episode 68, I share a little more about desire. It all starts with desire. That's the name of that episode. And then episode six is choosing hope. So that's all about hope. And episode 67 is, oh, I think it's called increasing hope. So those episodes be really valuable for you to go back and listen to. So here's how that works. We must desire to feel better. We must have a hope for a better tomorrow. And we must be willing to do the work. Winston Churchill said, and that's where the title of this episode comes from. He said, continuous effort. Continuous effort, not strength or intelligence, is the key to unlocking our potential. And I believe this quote, continuous effort, not strength or intelligence, is the key to unlocking our potential. This quote, this applies in the work of grief too. Don't give in to the false idea that time heals all wounds. It's time and effort that lead us to feeling better along the way and ultimately to healing from the pain of grief. Think back on something you accomplish. What allowed you to accomplish that thing? I'll use writing the book, Miracles in the Darkness, as an example. I had to first have a desire to write the book. I first had this inspiration, this desire to write the book. That was the first step. And then I had tremendous hope that it would be beneficial to others. And then I did the work. Then I put forth the effort. The hope and the desire fueled the work. It fueled the work. So each day when I got up and, and when I read the, wrote the book, I got up super early in the morning. Some days I got up as early as 3 a.m. Most of the time I was getting up around five to write because my brain was fresher and the creative juices are just stronger that, that when you're fresh in the morning, there's no interruptions. Believe me, there's no interruptions <laughs> at three, four or five o'clock in the morning. Not too many people that are going to call you or are going to knock on your door at that time in the morning. So I'd get up early in the morning to do that. That effort that I put in, that desire and the hope that this, that the work that I was doing was going to be beneficial allowed me, it gave me the motivation. We've talked a lot about motivation on the podcast. There's a couple of episodes about motivation. The hope and the desire 
gave me the motivation to do the work. And the work in grief looks a little different than some goals, but not much really. Like it's very, very similar and yet it's different. The work of your grief might be willingness to learn and grow, willingness to feel what you're feeling, understanding how to do that and practicing that. We don't really understand much about feelings. So really understanding feelings and learning more about feelings and getting that education. I've talked a lot this week on the Facebook lives. I did a presentation on Saturday about this idea that we have, we have so much learning that goes on in our world and we have so much knowledge about intellectual learning, about using our brain because we've spent years and years. If you're like most people, you've sat in a desk for a dozen or more years to learn how to use your brain, to learn things, the intellectual part of your brain. And then you're, you're given all this education around our physical too. Like most people have gone to PE, that's physical education in the United States. We, in fact, we're listened in more than 50 countries. So that's why I qualify that. But, um, yeah, we have physical education in school where we learn sports and activities. And as we, as we get older, we have different interests and in maybe lifting weights or jogging or running a marathon. We, we, those resources are readily available and we, seek those out when we want to understand how to do that. Or when we have a certain need, we know where to get those resources. And we may have had spiritual training. If you're like me, I grew up going to church and I continue to do that. And I, I continue to seek understanding of spiritual things through studying my scriptures and prayer. And so you might have a different means of spiritual education, but We've had all these different forms of education, but there's very little education about our emotions. And yet our emotions are the very things that make us human. It is the very thing that makes us human, our emotions. That's the, that's why we're not always comfortable with robots <laughs> because we, we can't read their emotions. We communicate primarily with our emotions. We communicate with how we say things, not what we say. We communicate with how we express ourselves, not necessarily what we're expressing. So really important that we get some understanding on emotions. So that might be your work in grief is to understand your emotions. What does it mean to feel your feelings? I remember being very, very confused about that. Very confused about that. And now I understand that better and I'm practicing that. And that is part of the work of grief. It might be the work of grief might be showing up for the July workshop. It might be reading my book or it might even be finally scheduling that discovery call that I offer every week and asking your questions. It might be asking questions and seeking answers. Your work of grief might be practicing loving yourself and giving yourself compassion and patience and room to grow and learning about forgiveness and what that means, forgiving yourself and forgiving others. 
that's part of the work of grief. It might be saying no to other things so you can have the space for your grief instead of avoiding your grief by staying overly busy. Your work in grief, your effort that you put forth might be learning how to cope in ways that are more helpful instead of harmful. It might be crying. It might be practicing gratitude or intentionally introducing some positive in your day. It might be reading a book that inspires you. It might be listening to music that inspires you. It might be meditating or practicing affirmations and slowing down. One thing I've started doing recently is on the, on my Instagram account in the stories, I'll add an affirmation for the day. So I'll just put today's affirmation and it's just a little statement that you can practice. That's like an I am statement. I am grateful. I am worthy. So things like that, just, you know, the, the, the process of slowing down and putting some attention on your grief and on your healing. When you sit and you wait for the pain to leave, you're going to be disappointed and you can easily slip into despair. Don't allow yourself to fall into a despair. You will look for ways to numb instead of ways to build because we're never standing still. And that's the danger of believing that time heals all wounds and just waiting around for the pain to dissipate, for the pain to go away, for us to accidentally fall into some understanding or some help. Because without little bits of progress, you will slip into despair because we don't stand still. So that that's like I said, that's the danger of thinking that we just wait for healing to happen instead of putting forth the effort. But when we think about effort, we think of work. We think of plowing forward and ignoring our pain and just getting busy. That's what we think of. We think of work as just putting our nose to the grindstone, as they say. This is not about getting busy. This is about getting real and facing your pain and not ignoring it. If you're willing to put forth the effort to learn and grow and the ways that you need to learn and grow, the resources will show up for you. You will find the answers. See, we are sorters. Our brain is this master sorter. The brain gets millions of bits of data. It's, it's hard to even wrap our head around. It's hard to even understand, but our brain gets billions millions of bits of data every second. And so how does it deal with all that? It only brings to our consciousness this little tiny portion, 0.001% of all the input that we're getting is actually brought to our attention, brought to our consciousness. And so if you, that's why I say we're, our brain is a master sorter. So it's bringing to your consciousness what it's determining is most important to you. That's why when I, you know, I bought this white car last year and I really hadn't seen too many of this make and model on the road until I bought it. And guess what? They're everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. 
In fact, I have a friend that drives a red car of the same model as mine. And the other day when I was at this event, this other friend drove up and and parked. And later he said, I was looking for um, Cheryl's car and I saw yours and I thought, oh, maybe she traded her red one in and got a white one. And then he saw another car, a couple of of, uh, spaces beyond mine that I think was gray. And he's like, oh, or maybe she traded the red one in for this gray one. Or So our brain is sorting. So that's why it's so important for us to give our brain some direction. And that's part of what I offer here on this podcast is to help you to, to give your brain some direction. Because when we, when we have a desire for healing, our brain is going to bring resources, information, people, places, things to our attention that will help us to heal. When we have hope, when we have that unwavering knowledge that healing is available to us, then our brain is going to bring those things to our consciousness that are going to be beneficial for us to heal. But if we are in continuous despair and feeling like there is no hope, and we're listening to the messages because there's plenty of them out there. I am just going to warn you over and over again. There are plenty of messages out there that will tell you that healing's not possible, that whatever you have gone through has messed you up and you will be damaged forever. And I don't believe that's true. There's healing available to all of us. It will look different for all of us, but we can all heal. So give your brain some direction. Tell your brain that you want to heal and to bring to your consciousness, make that intention that your brain brings to your consciousness those things that are going to help you to heal. Remember what Winston Churchill said, it's not about the strength and the intelligence, it's about putting forth the effort. And so that's what this message is all about is remembering that it will take effort. It will look different than your standard get-to-work type of effort, but it will require effort. Okay, this is where I remind you to schedule your free discovery call. Let's talk. Let's talk about what's going on for for you. Let's talk about whether the program that I offer where I work with people one-on-one would be beneficial to you. It may not. But I know the miracles that I have seen and the people that I've worked with. And so I'm anxious to talk to you to see if this is right for you. If this episode has been helpful to you, will you please subscribe, rate, and review? I would so appreciate it. And those that find this because you chose to subscribe, rate, and review, well, thank you also. You guys have a wonderful week. You have a fabulous week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.